the resurrection of the body. That one should hit us between the eyes today. Someday, you and I are going to have a resurrected body, just like Jesus did a couple thousand years ago. Anybody ready for a new bod? I'm ready. All right, well, God's grace, God's peace to you uh, on this Easter day. So this uh, past week, a friend of mine sent me a text, and in the text was a message that someone that was in a card that she got that week, and maybe got that card. In fact, some, another friend of mine uh, texted me a picture of this card, right, because they heard me talk about it yesterday, but it's had this, this simple message which kind of wraps up what Easter's all about. His destiny was the cross, his purpose was love, his reason was us. That's what Easter's all about. Amen. See you next week. Yeah. <laughs> like the best Easter sermon I've ever heard. Sorry to disappoint you, but I'm not done yet. Right? His destiny was a cross, right? That's why he came. He saw a broken world. He saw a broken people, and he said, I'm going to do something about this. That's why he came. That's what he did at the cross. His purpose was love because God is love. And his reason is us. God so loved the world. Not only of humanity in particular, but the whole world, all of creation, he's coming to fix someday. I can't wait. Let me take you back to Christmas. Uh, Christmas, God. <laughs> I like three of you because you're coming in. I said Merry Christmas. Logan, what's going on? You're excited. I'm excited, that's right, and confused. <laughs> All right, I want to take you back to the passage you heard a moment ago, Mary Magdalene. I know how much you know about Mary Magdalene. Uh, fascinating story her life is, but I'm just going to kind of pick up with the, with the story. Friday, Good Friday, we call Good Friday, Mary Magdalene saw Jesus crucified. I can't even imagine the horrific sight that was a saw this one she had placed all of her hope in, crucified. She saw that he was dead, and she watched where they buried him. She saw it all, right? The gospel writer John says, now on the first day of the week, that'd be Sunday, so three days later, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb while it was still dark. I'm sure she might have had a morning like I had this morning, one of those mornings I'm sure you've had, where you wake up and you cannot get back to sleep. Right, that was the kind of nights, that's the kind of morning she was having. She could not sleep. And then she had to wait through the Saturday, which is, which is Sabbath, and she could not wait to get to the tomb on Sunday morning. She loved this guy so much. And she saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So pause and think here. My guess is you've had a moment in your life when something wasn't going the way you thought it should go. And so the example that came to my mind is when you're waiting for someone to show up at your house and they're not there and they're not there and they're not there and they're not there and I don't know what your imagination does mine typically goes negative and you begin assuming the worst it was an accident, something's wrong and I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain that's what Mary's thinking she's immediately assuming the worst so she does, so she does this she ran, uh, and she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, who we believe is the, is the disciple named John. I want you to latch onto that last phrase for just a moment. The one whom Jesus loved. 
Because I want you to know that that's how Jesus views you. You are the one Jesus loves. You are the one whom he loves. Remember, the cro- his destiny was the cross. His purpose was love. His reason is you. You're the disciple, right, whom he, whom he loved. Uh, she says to, the, the, to Peter and this other disciple, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb. And we, notice that, we, so, so she got some with her, we do not know where they have laid him. Now, we're not sure who she's thinking they are, but it's not too hard to imagine. She's maybe thinking they may be the Roman soldiers, or they may be the religious leaders who hated uh, Jesus' guts, right? Or they may be a grave robber, right? That happened in those days. Whoever they were, Mary knew that it was not good. So Peter went with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together. But the other disciple, the one labeled whom Jesus loved, the one, probably John, outran Peter. He reached the tomb first. And stooping uh, to look in, he saw, watch this, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Now, you got to stop and think. When's the last time John saw Jesus was bloody and dead and now buried, right? And he shows up at the tomb and he looks in, and he's, he's got to be thinking, why would somebody unravel a bloody dead body and steal it? Made no sense to him. Simon Peter, a little more bold, said Simon Peter came following him, went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloth lying there. Now watch this. And the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, <clears throat> not lying with the linen cloth, but folded up in a place all by itself. All right? Now, watch what happens next. Then the other disciple, who we think is John, who had reached the tomb first, also went in. Then look at this. And he saw, and he believed. I've always wondered, he believed what? Right? What the other disciples saw so that he believed that Jesus had risen was that cloth. Right? The one that was had been wrapped around Jesus' head, the one that had been folded up and was now set apart in a separate place because this disciple knew what that meant, right? Back in those days when a carpenter, a carpenter like Jesus, had finished a project, right? They would take the cloth they'd been using to wipe their brow or to brush the dust away, and they would fold it up, and they would put it on top of the project as a way of saying, it is finished, Complete. It's done. It is finished. John heard Jesus say those words just before he died. And my guess is on Friday, he's thinking, that's not good. Right? His life is finished. He's done. It's beginning to dawn on him that it is finished means a whole lot more than that. His destiny was the cross. His purpose was love. His reason is us. This disciple believed, even though, watch this, as yet they did not understand the scripture, what the Bible had said, that it was going to happen this way, that he must rise from the dead. So here we go. So the disciples, uh, they go back home and lock their doors. 
Meanwhile, right, Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. She's still, she's still locked in imagining and assuming um, the worst, right? And as she wept, she stooped down to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels dressed in white where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and the other at the foot, at the feet. And I kind of wonder if the, if the carpenter's cloth was still there or, or did the disciples take it. We don't know, except it doesn't matter, really. Um, they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Right, trying to get her to think about. I mean, Mary, this is crazy to me, not even phased by the fact that she's talking to two angels dressed in white, right? She says to them, right, they've taken my Lord, and I don't know where they've laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, right? But she did not know that it was Jesus, which seems hard to believe, but maybe not. Right? Maybe it was her tears. Maybe it was her grief. I'm thinking it's maybe because if you see somebody crucified, dead, and you watch them bury him, you're not expecting to see them a few days later. Not even on her radar, Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Right, same question asked by the angels, but then Jesus adds a second question. Who are you looking for? It's kind of like a hint. Right, who are you looking for? She still doesn't get it. Supposing him to be the gardener, the caretaker, she said to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him away. What kind of love is this? Can you, can you even imagine? And I, I love to think about, so how long was it before um, Jesus said one word? Mary. Kind of like, it's me. Mary. She knew that voice. She'd heard that voice call her name dozens and dozens of times. It's like sheep who know the voice of their shepherd. It's like a child, right, who knows the voice of her mom. It's like a husband who knows the voice of his wife. She turned around and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni. It was both a term of endearment and respect. My teacher, my master. I imagine her, we don't have it recorded here, but this is, you can tell by what follows. I imagine her wrapping her arms around Jesus and squeezing him and not wanting to ever let him go again. until Jesus eases her embrace and says to Mary, do not cling to me. There's something very urgent I need you to do, right? I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. What a powerful statement Jesus is making here. This is exactly what she does. She runs again to tell the disciples what had happened. It's an amazing event. Right? 
Our prayer today is that we want you to remember from your experience of singing and praying and listening today is this simple message that you take this home with you, that you would always know that the destiny of Jesus was the cross for your sake and mine, that his purpose was love. He poured out his life for you. It's a crazy kind of love because you know you and I know me, right? And his reason was us. That's the most amazing thing to me. His reason was us. Amen? Everybody's doing all right? All right. You and I have another amazing privilege. If you take your communion elements that you have with you, the resurrection of Jesus is about new beginnings, new starts, redos, second chances. We all need them. Right? I don't know about you, but you know, I've made, done some dumb stuff in my life, right, that are kind of like being dead. And Jesus always shows up and says, picks me back up and gives me a second chance. And so this, these earthly elements in your hands, if you need one, we've got people in the aisles, make sure you... Um, are a simple, ordinary way that Jesus says, I'm real, my love is real, my forgiveness is real, the life I want you to have is real. Right? And I want you to receive it and take it with us in the days to come. So would you bow your heads with me? Ah, Lord, uh, thank you so much for the record of your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for inspiring the gospel writer John to record this event. Uh, we, can't, we can barely imagine what it must have been like to be Mary Magdalene, to go from sorrow and weeping to incredible, I'm out of my mind kind of joy. And uh, Lord, the, the sort of new beginning that was for her and so many others. Lord, we need that as well. Lord, we confess our need. Uh, we're broken, we've made mistakes, we've said things, we've thought things, we've done things. We are so sorry for. And we are so grateful that you don't leave us there. You take all of that stuff and you bury it in your grave. You, you carry it to the cross and you walk out of the grave alive and well to say to us, uh, forgiveness is a real thing. And I want you to have it. And so, Lord, as we receive these earthly elements, as we taste what we taste, uh, Lord, remind us that as real as that is, so are you. And so is the gift you give right here. In Jesus' name, amen.